Welcome to Gutter Trash, episode 267, Rye. My name is Eric. I am Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so what's up? <laughs> what's up is that I read Rye. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> A valiant comic. Yep. Are we just going to talk about Rye then? Uh, Is that what we're doing? Sure. All right. Yeah. Why not? I mean, it's what we're supposed to do. I mean, I did just finish reading it like 20 minutes ago. Oh, okay. Well, it's still fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Valiant Comics. Do you guys remember Valiant, right? 1992. It was fucking huge. It was kind of huge. I remember uh, the very first issue of Wizard Magazine that I ever read. They would not stop talking about how awesome Valiant was. Right. right. You think they were being paid well to do that? Or oh, do you think, I'm sure. Or do you think it was like partially, they were like, man, this could be the next Marvel? Oh, uh, well, that's what they kept saying. Right. That uh, this could be the next Marvel. Uh, so I imagine that they were paid pretty well. <laughs> right. Especially. Uh, Especially after having listened to the uh, the Marvel the Untold Story audiobook, okay, I I have no doubts in my mind that uh, there was propaganda and and uh, you know just just corporate Dirty money weight being thrown around to produce uh, to promote it as much as possible, All right? You know, especially with Jim Shooter, you know, being sort of the the creative force behind Valiant, right? That that uh, yeah, that had to be a thing. Also, I will say that uh, as a as an impressionable young teenager, because uh, God, nineteen ninety two, I was I was uh, thirteen or something, thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Uh, and yeah, I excuse me, I didn't buy into it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell you exactly how many Valiant mm-hmm. comics that I have read in my life. Yeah, and it is this trade, right? Exo uh, Man of War number zero. The Kosada issue. The Kosada issue with a chromium cover. Oh, wraparound chromium. Wraparound chromium <laughs> cover. Bought it at a Myers. Wow. <laughs> and um, like two issues of Deathmate. Wow. Wow, that was it? Uh, well, I mean, uh, unless you're going to uh, include the current Valiant comeback. Mm, okay. Did well, you read some of those? I, I did read some of those. I read the first two issues of the new Exo Man War and the first issue of the new Shadow Man. No, why did you do that? That's curious. Uh, Exo Man War was uh, being drawn by an artist by the name of Kerry Nord, who I really like. Oh, yeah. Did Conan for a while. Conan for yeah. a while. Uh, Daredevil good. back in the uh, mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and uh, Shadow Man was uh, written by Justin Jordan, who uh, writes the Luther Strode comic. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, drawn by Patrick Zercher, who is uh, just a really good artist, and, uh, who uh, uh, I follow on Twitter, and he uh, seems really gracious. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. And he's also really good. Right. Yeah. 
Which one did Garth Ennis write on the comeback? None of them. Oh, okay. Didn't... I thought you said he wrote some Valiant. Yeah, he did. He wrote uh, some Shadow Man back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Really? That long ago? Yeah. Wow. Back I, when, I assumed uh, it was like the comeback. No, no. It was uh, back when... Uh, back when uh, after Acclaim had bought the company... And they were trying to reimagine Shadow Man as more of a Vertigo-esque type comic. Uh, okay, okay. And uh, it's like, basically, like the Garth Ennis issues of that were sort of, I don't know which came first, the video game or his take on the character, but but it was like along those Parallel lines. Parallel, right. I think like Ashley Wood was drawing covers for it, and yeah. so it was like that scratchy Vertigo-esque type art. Right. Yeah, you know, where it was definitely more... Horror based than superhero based, right? Yeah, right. So yeah, that was that was uh, years ago, years and wow. years ago. Wow. Garth Ennis doesn't do much of anything these days except uh, his own own work and yeah. the occasional Marvel thing. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I I read a few Valiant comics uh, back in the nineties. I read uh, EXO and. I read Harbinger. I only read like, like the, I didn't buy Harbinger as it came out, but when the trade paperback came out, I bought that and read it. Um, and I read a couple issues of Shadow Man. And that might have been, oh no, I read, uh, Bloodshot and Turok. But that, yeah, that was it. That's far more than I read. Yeah. As far as I, I know, that's the entire line, isn't it? <laughs> Well, there's Magnus and oh, Eternal okay. Warrior yeah. and Solar and Archer and Armstrong. Archer. Yeah, you know that's that's the weird thing is like I've never read Archer and Armstrong, and that seems like the one that's like way different and probably way better. I mean, it looks like a really fun comic, and Barry Windsor Smith did it for a while. And, right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I've never read that one, and it's pretty short run. Like a lot of Valiant comics had. You know, forty or fifty issues, but I think there's only like half that many of Archer and Armstrong. Mm-hmm. So I might actually search those out. Yeah. Well, wish you luck. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they ever made a trade of that one, so it might be kind of kind of a quest. But yeah, or it could be super easy because <laughs> they might be in and quarter boxes, boxes yeah. everywhere. Well, yeah, there is a uh, a small a small comic convention next Saturday. I just found out about it yesterday. Oh. At uh, it's kind of like one of those old Jubilee conventions. It's okay. it's at the what used to be the Holiday Inn by Dayton Mall, it's now like the Wyndham Gardens right. or something. Yeah. yeah, it's like a little little convention there. So. Huh. Yeah. Oh. Might actually look for some quarter valiant books. When are you doing that? Saturday. It's only on Saturday morning. It's like ten to four or something like that. Might tag along with you. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'll have to figure out what I'm doing first, but uh, yeah. I enjoy taking a look anyway. Right, right. Sweet. It's been years since I've been to uh, one of those kind of things. You totally should, just to warn you. Uh, when I found out about it, I was sitting at my table with one, uh, one of my friends, uh-huh. and, uh, he said he might go. Okay. And I said, we should go. Okay. Um, so there might be three of us. All right. And no, he's, I'm and he's alright. He's a I'm good out. guy. I'm out. <laughs> he, you like this guy. I don't care. Yeah. I'm out. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, dashing all my hopes and dreams. You, you can meet us there. Nope. No. Alright. Alright. Whatever. Uh, there's other conventions, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with that guy? You don't even know that guy. Exactly. Or that, that's the thing. Right? Yep. You don't know him. Okay. But, uh, 
Anyway, anyway. Um, but yeah, I'd never read Rye. Ever. Neither have I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you did read it now. I, I, okay. Yeah. Okay. Today. I okay. read it today. Sweet. Yeah, uh, so this is a trade paperback. It's issues one through four plus the zero issue. Right. Which uh, I had to do some research mm-hmm. after I, I read this uh, yeah. to figure out. Because, all right. I mean, if, if you're thinking chronologically, zero comes before one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Usually. Uh, but this zero issue was published between issues eight and nine of this comic. Huh. And yet, it appears after issue four in the trade. Right. What the hell's happening? Because also, because I'll say this, Zero spoils a ton of things. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. And it, and it's like, kind of just like, all of a sudden, everything is, it's not like Zero sort of ties nicely into the first four issues. No, yeah. Like, yeah, it just feels like a weird thing to add to this trade paperback. Yep. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, if I read this trade paperback and let's say I'm interested in the continuing adventures of this character, <laughs> right. uh, the, the, by putting issue zero in it kind of makes me not want to read the subsequent issues because I already know right. what happens to that yeah. guy. Yeah, it's like watching a recap of, you know, a season of, of TV show. You're like, well, I don't really need to see that season anymore. Yeah. You know. Kind of. And, and I think maybe why they added it in there, because it's kind of a big commercial for all the other Valiant comics, because, like, every character appears in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it kind of felt weird that they added the zero in there. I, I kind of wish it wouldn't have been in there. I kind of wish it wouldn't have been in there either, except for the fact that I liked it better than the other four issues. <laughs> really? Yeah. Was it because issue zero was drawn by awesome artist David Lapham? Uh, it didn't hurt. Yeah. Didn't hurt, yeah. Because sorry, Joe Saint Pierre, not that great. I eh, I think he was totally serviceable. Like it's exactly what it is. Yeah. It is entirely serviceable, right? But uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's every, everything is drawn correctly. Yeah, and it tells it moves the story along. It moves the story. Like there was never a panel where I was like, "What is this supposed to be?" But exactly. But there was also never a panel where I. Wanted to stare at the panel to, <laughs> to to soak it all in. Right. I just wanted to move on to the next panel. Right. Which, you know, I mean, I, that's, that's what comics are about. It's sort of what comics are about, and and I can totally, again, from from what little I know about a gym shooter, I uh, can totally see that being his thing. Mm-hmm. That that uh, the art should never. He wants a house style. He wants a house style, and he it should never overpower the story. Yeah, I, I I kind of kind of agree with that approach on most comics. Like unless it's like just somebody like you know Jeff Darrow, Dave Cooper, or somebody where you're like their art is just fucking amazing, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, I I think the story is more important than the art. Oh, I I think so too. Well, no, I don't, actually. I think they're equal. Yeah. Yeah. It should be equal. Uh, Yeah. The the art should be in service to the story. Being equal is ideal. But if if one has to be worse than the other, I'd rather the story be better than than the art. I agree with you on that. Uh, But, you know, yeah, I... 
Uh, I mean, it is it is ideal though when they're both good, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, yeah, I'd rather see, you know, I mean, like this probably would have been cooler if like Francesco Francavia had drawn it. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, or somebody you know, like yeah, that's a little, a little, you know, got a little more style to them. Yeah, I like a little flair in yeah, my comic art. Right. Nothing that, as long as it doesn't detract from the story. Right. But, uh, you know, then there's also this comic where the story is just sort of okay as well. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't dislike the story. Like it, it wasn't like a story that, that, you know, as it unfolds, you're like, wow, I can't believe there's all these layers. Right. But I thought it was just, it was just weird it's enough. Also serviceable. <laughs> yeah. It was entertaining. And, uh, and like, and one thing I was impressed with on the story is it dealt with a lot of politics, but it never felt like a history lesson or like a... Like, well, it takes place in the future, so it can't. <laughs> it, was in a future, it never felt like a future lesson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it takes place in, what, the year 4040 or something? 4001. 4001. Yeah. Um, and, and like, Rai is basically this uh, guardian of Japan. Right. And uh, Japan's, like, kind of having a civil war kind of thing. A little bit. Um. It's, uh, Japan is also floating in space. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> because its sentient computer guardian grandmother yes. brought it into outer space to fight, like, spider aliens or something? Uh, I think that's, yeah. Previous. Previous to, to this series. To this series, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, I think we really only learn if you read the introduction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, they hint at it, but they assume that you've already read. Cause I guess that happened in, there was like a few issues of Magnus, the robot fighter, where Rai right. first appeared. And, and uh, at least it. according to issue zero, there was also some sort of huge crossover that happened too. Yeah. Uh, called Unity. Yeah. 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 So, so these are all things that happened before this comic. Well, Unity happened after issue four of Rye, but before okay. before issue zero. Okay. Right. I think it was like issues five and, or no, six and seven of Rye. Okay. Because right. it, it was weird. It like went through, it was like those Marvel things that I don't like because they make you buy everything. Right. But it really did like just sort of totally take over all the comics. It wasn't like, you know, when you read Civil War and it says that you need to read all these other things. Right. It, it literally was, there was no... There was like a Unity Zero and a Unity One. Right. But every other chapter of the book was just like in some Valiant comic. Right. Which I, I actually kind of respect that, but I, at the same time, I'm much more interested in reading the pre-Unity stuff just because it's before they muddled it all with like a giant crossover. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I'm guessing... Uh, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I, like I don't like it when comics do that. Uh, like, you know, like like let's say Marvel. You know, you have uh, two issues of X Men that lead into like two issues of Avengers right. or whatever, but there's no like overarching series or anything like that. I hate that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, but uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't. See, I, w- I would like it I the best. We would agree on that. But well, I would like it best if Unity would have been like Unity one through eight. And okay, that, and, yeah. that, and that was it. No, yeah, that's that's what I prefer. Yeah. Right, but usually when that happens, though, they also like tell you you need to read Rye seven and eight because right. there'll be like one panel where you know he's like I gotta hop into this bubble and it says continued in unity, but but I, I like it when you know it would just be completely separate. Uh-huh. 
Um, but if they are going to tie it in, I would rather it just be like, you know, that issue is a necessity and they're not just like bullshitting you and telling you okay. that you need to I read it. But, okay. but yeah, but I, you know, again, like it would be the best if it was just like a separate series, you know, right. Unity. but, uh, but I mean like they were following, obviously a lot of these people worked for Marvel. Like it's written by David Michelin. And Bob Layton, I think, did something in there. Uh, did he? he did the Zero issue. He did the Zero one. Uh, and Jim Shooter, of course, right. uh, was involved. Uh, so they learned a lot of tricks over at Marvel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, then uh, I think Barry Windsor Smith even edited one of the comics in there. Oh, wow. In there. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, I, you know... I liked it. Like, I really did. I liked it better than I thought I would um, because it was just weird enough. Mm. Like, like some of the, you know, some of the scenery and, like, just, like, like the nerve web and all these things. Like, Rai rides around in this nerve web of right. Japan and, like, and like uh, every, every Rai, like, every... Every person, every male in his family is like inherits the Rai power or whatever. Right. So I mean, there's there was enough like weirdness out of it that I thought it was enjoyable and unique. I uh, the thing is, I don't like these type of comics or stories at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, like it is just mostly straight up sci-fi more than like superhero or anything else. Right. And it takes place like you know in a far flung future that uh, you know. There's, there's not like a a character you can kind of relate to because it's way different, right? Yeah, and and also like you know I just don't like sci-fi concepts, right. you know? Yeah, uh, like like you know just well, it's like when we read Prophet. Uh, yeah, like but, like I feel like this was really similar to Prophet because there's just a lot of weird like ships and things. Yeah, yeah but not much. as weird. I not think. not as weird as Prophet because Prophet is just done by really pretentious. Uh, uh, people who probably do a ton of drugs. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would agree with the latter part, but maybe not the former part. Uh, uh, but no, yeah, like, like, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, like, I'm just not a sci-fi guy, and this right. is definitely more of a straight, straight-up sci-fi book than anything else. Yeah, I mean, he's a hero, but he's not. Like, yeah, it, it, right. it's like a hero bound to sci-fi realities. Right. Yeah, and and. Like I said, reading it, and then there was, like, you know, all this references to continuity, and, like, I got through it. Right. You know, and it, again, it, it wasn't terrible, uh, but, you know, it was just nothing that made me want to read right. further or even any other Valiant books at all. I, I actually did, like, enjoy this enough that I, I looked on eBay, and I was, I because, was, okay, here's the deal, like... I'm jobless. I don't spend money sure. on comics. Right. Um, I got a $5 gift certificate to half price books for oh. Christmas. Um, and, and so I went out there. Seems pretty cheap. Who would, uh... <laughs> I know, right? I know. I'm not going to say. Okay. Um, no, actually, actually, it was me that got it for myself. Okay. And, uh, and like now. Well, that explains. Now, yeah, because I'm jobless, right? <laughs> I had to get myself something. Um, I've spent so much time with me over the years. I felt obligated. No, well, here's the thing, like, and this will make me sound even worse, because I bought my brother a $20 gift certificate to Half Price Books for Christmas, 
And then like they're like, oh yeah, we're doing this special. If you know, if you come in in January, um, you can use this five dollar coupon. You know, with you know, with your gift certificate. And I like I looked at it when I got home, and I was like, do you have to use it with the gift certificate? Right, yeah. And uh, and it doesn't say. It just says like, bring this in, and you get five dollars off if you come in in January. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm gonna keep the coupon for myself yeah. and just give my brother. So like, that's pretty shitty of me. Yeah, but I've done that. <laughs> Yeah. I've, I've I've gotten uh, gift certificates for for my brothers uh, for for like restaurants or whatever. Right. And uh, it was like a deal where if you bought like fifty dollar gift certificate, you got a ten dollar gift certificate. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was like, yeah, I'll take that yeah. for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you you did the work. You bought the thing for your brother. Sure. Yeah. It's not like they were like, well, you know, it's not like they screwed your brother out of five dollars. Like they didn't take right, it off yeah. of his certificate. So yeah, okay, I'm justified. Yeah. And so I I went out there and I looked around and uh, I I couldn't find anything I really wanted, but they had this rye trade paperback for 5.99. Yeah. And I was like, so that would only cost me a dollar. Right. Well, so, with tax. Yeah. Dollar yeah. twenty or whatever. Sure, sure. But I was like, yeah, that's cool. So I I bought this. I spent like a dollar on it. You so, know what? This is worth a dollar, <laughs> right? Yeah. I thought it was worth five dollars, really. <laughs> but but I went looking online. I was like, I wonder how much. Uh, you know the, the the later issues are, and man, some of them like issue five, like the very next one in the series. Uh-huh. The cheapest I saw it was like forty bucks anywhere. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing with Valiant is that they had low print runs, super low print runs, because because they were still just a fledgling company with unknown characters. I honestly remember. Let me find the issue. I think it's three. Um, cause I'm looking at the covers here. Yeah, issue three, this one here where he's like fighting this Walt monster. Simonson looking monster. Yeah. Um, I remember when that was on the shelf. To be honest, uh, to, to just clarify, it doesn't look like Walt Simonson. <laughs> no, it looks like he might have drawn it. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know what Walt Simonson looks like, but I'm guessing he's not like a 500 foot tall Japanese, uh, spirit beast. Okay. Guessing. <laughs> Again, we Again, I've never sure. seen right, him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know he does conventions, and uh, I would imagine that they couldn't accommodate that size of yeah, an artist. Yeah, maybe would have made some news somewhere. Right. Right. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I remember when number three was on the rack at Mavericks, and we had, because I worked there when Valiant came out. I, I was right. like 13 or 14 or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and I remember Rye number three was on the on the wall, and this this dude came in who's he was kind of a douchebag. His name was Dean, or his name was Jay. He went by different names, and he ran this comic shop called D and D Comics. Mm-hmm. It was here in Dayton. It was in the in that uh, shopping center on Patterson and Wilmington, where there's like a cold beer and cheeseburgers now. Okay, I know that shopping center. I never knew there was a comic shop there. They, they weren't very, very long. Like okay, at the no. most, at the most, a year, but probably less than that. All right, but yeah, I, I've never heard of that comic shop. Yeah, <laughs> one of my friends got uh, uh, um, threatened with a bowl of chili when he went in there because the guy was like, "Don't you work at Mavericks?" And he's like, "Oh yeah," and he was just shopping, and the guy, like the guy I was talking about, Dean J, whatever his name was. He uh, threatened to throw his bowl of chili on him if he didn't get the fuck out of his store because he worked at Mavericks. <laughs> That's how awesome this guy was. Wow. And uh, and he's not in business anymore. He's not in business anymore. Huh. No. Yeah, apparently he had some troubles. 
But he uh, he came in to Mavericks one day, and hey, he did you threaten to throw <laughs> chili? Well, this him? was this was before, before that, the okay. chili, or I would have. <laughs> it would have been veggie chili. But <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> I know, right? The stains won't come out. But he uh, he went over and he picked up every copy of Rye Number Three that was on the rack. Yeah. And uh, but then like in a moment of like human decency, which. Like this guy wasn't a total monster, but he was just known to be a jerk. Right. He uh he put one copy back on the shelf, and he goes, "Hey kid," he's like, because he was like ten years older than me. Right. He's like, "You should totally buy this comic here on the wall, this Ryan number three. He's like, he's like, "I'm buying all the rest of them that you guys have." He's like, "Because it's 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 going for a lot more than this." And uh, I was like, "Really? Okay." So I bought the one copy, right. and then like I rang him up for all the rest of them. And then I went to one of those Jubilee, there's like these little comic conventions in our town back then. I'm, you remember, but maybe, yeah, maybe we just talked about it. Like well, maybe, 10 minutes well, ago. maybe the listener doesn't know, <laughs> but they were called Jubilee. <laughs> and, uh, cause you invited me and then told me somebody else was going. <laughs> yeah. It's my friend Jay or Dean. Okay. I call him Dean sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but he, he like, I went to, uh, that comic convention like the next weekend and I sold it to, like just some dealer there for like 30 bucks and nice. like you know i paid like two dollars for it or whatever yeah so like i made some money off some valiant comics early on right right but uh but yeah that, that was how crazy valiant was like i mean it was it was new it was like maybe a maybe a month old right and it was going for like 30 i mean dealers were paying 30 bucks for it so they're probably selling it for 50 or 60 um so yeah valiant was fucking crazy how how it just exploded like that yep um, and then Image came along and took the wind out of its sails. It kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. Because people were like, wait a minute. These stories are not that great, but the art's fucking spectacular. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it. And and there, I learned a, 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 a new catchphrase that I'm probably going to use for the rest of my life in reading this. Uh, there's a line where uh, something happens, I forget, and Rai goes, why do I feel like I got caught with my hand in the tofu jar? That's right. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? Are they trying to say, like, in the future, tofu is, like, the tofu new cookies? cookies? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but only because in space they don't have the resources to make cookies. <laughs> right. There's no butter. Yeah. yeah. Or, or maybe, I don't, I don't know, dude. Uh, do the Japanese eat cookies? I, I don't know. Every every like Asian dessert I've ever had is terrible. So right, maybe yeah. they like tofu. They they definitely have that right. Sure, they, they know what they're doing with the sure. tofu. I mean, you know, it's not a thing for me, but uh, you know, I, I can uh, put my weight behind any uh, meat sort of product that uh, the the Asians can. Oh make. Yeah. yeah, like chickens and whatnot. Chickens and, and shrimps and mm-hmm. beefs. Sure, so maybe a squid. Not for me. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, they seem to. They seem to have all sorts of seafood uh, right. down pat. Uh, but not so much the desserts. Not so much desserts or yeah. anything with cheese. Yeah, oh yeah, what is the deal there? <laughs> is that like... Yeah, I mean, uh, is there is there no animal over there? Like, are there a lack of goats and cows and, you know... I wouldn't think so. I mean, they could use squid they cheese, they right? beef, so, yeah. you know... Uh, yeah, it's weird. So, so there should be some sort of cow-like animal over they, there? They just haven't perfected... The cheese-making process. Yeah, right? it's weird. It's very weird. Uh, or they just don't like it, maybe. Or they just don't like it. Yeah. yeah, could be. Huh. Well, they don't know what they're missing. Because cheese is the only thing that keeps me from being vegan. I could give up eggs and milk in a fucking second. Mm-hmm. But cheese, man. Yeah. I could. I don't think I could give up cheese. Yeah. I don't cheese think I'd, 
she's pretty great. I don't think I want to try. Right. You know. And uh, as a vegetarian, I would say that your uh, your your options for for eating things, especially if you go out or whatever, is, right. is pretty much limited to things that would have cheese. on Oh it. yeah, yeah. If I go outside of my house, unless I like, you know, am at a place that has one of those vegan friendly stickers on their wall, right? Like yeah, I'm I'm eating a big pile of cheese wherever I go. Yeah, so that's. I mean, it's not like yeah, it's not like there's many other options. Right. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how vegans do it unless they cook every single meal at home, because everywhere you go, everywhere you go, like there's like one vegetarian option, right? Unless it's like you know Christopher's or one vegetarian friendly place, but and it's and it's a pile of cheese on, on a piece of bread, right, <laughs> right? So I don't know. I don't um, know how it's done. Maybe that's a sign for vegans. Oh, they're saying vegans go home. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so rye. Oh, I do. Oh. oh, no, no, you go. Okay, no, I, I got nothing. I, I found out something interesting when I was researching. Uh, I looked, I looked up rye to see, you know, like where his first appearance was and whatnot. Right. Because obviously the story starts and it kind of, you know, fills you in. Um, but did you, did you read anything about the cover of Rye number zero? Uh, no, I did not. Oh, that's an interesting story. Okay. Like, here's, here's the picture of it. It's really similar to the cover on the trade paper bag, but it's, it's a, it's a white cover with a red circle and there's uh, just a shadow of a character. Like, it's a silhouette holding right. a sword and a gun and he's got the, uh, the little red circle on his chest. Uh, yeah. Right. Which, it's a real simple, like, there's no detail. Super simple. Just a shadow. Looks like bloodshot. Do you, uh, and the shadows. do you know who drew this? Uh, no, I do not. Mr. Jim Shooter. Really? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Because, because apparently when they, they were doing the issue zero, they were rushing it out wow. and, uh, and they did not have an artist in the, like, the studio at the time. Right. And he was like, I think I can do this. Uh-huh. So what he did was he opened a copy of the, uh, official Marvel, uh, universe, like index to the Marvel universe. Uh-huh. He, he, uh, opened it to the page of Mike, of Punisher by Mike Zek. Okay. And he traced it. Alright. Because there's pictures online of, of that image side by side and even overlaid uh-huh. on top of this ride number zero and it is exact. Wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> he nice. totally just life-felded that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Greg landed. Right. Yeah, Greg landed. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Liefeld steals the composition, but he draws in his own characters. Right, right, right. yeah. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> and and like the and he even and it's not just like someone found that and says like, hey, I think this is it. Like, there's quotes for Jim Shooter. He's like, yeah. He's like, I honestly didn't think anybody noticed. And he's like, uh, I he's like, I didn't really know how to draw, but I I thought it you know served its purpose. And yeah. He's like, I I didn't really feel bad about doing it. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, it looks different enough. And, right. Uh, he added a sword in there. Right. Shoulder pads mm-hmm. and stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, it's like, it's the one thing that I've always remembered about Rye right. Valiant is that cover. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a sim- simple and iconic. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it was, you know fine mm-hmm. like yeah just not a thing that i would ever be into obviously because i never read it anyway right uh yeah yeah just some of the valiant characters that just never really did anything for me outside of just 
visually they're all kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a neat little universe. It's a neat little universe, and then I certainly respect it. And, and you know what they what they tried. What they know. tried, and then the fact that they're they're making a comeback now. And yeah. Then, you know, still attempting to do it. You know, I'm fine with it. But right. Just it's not something that's really been in my wheelhouse. So if I can find subsequent issues in like quarter boxes or or if i could find like like i know that comic shop you deal with my comic shop they have like different grades of books so if i could find a copy of that book that's a little beat up for cheap um i would at least read through unity just to kind of see what i think of it because it was fun it was different yeah i mean it's there's neat concepts i spike the villain he was amazing that was it was a pretty cheesy villain. That was awful. Yeah. Uh you know, I mean yeah, it's uh the Exo Man of War suit is uh involved in this. Uh, oh yeah. Um, you know, but but then there's other things where it's just like really in the year four thousand Japan is still gonna be almost exactly like feudal Japan, except in the future and in space. <laughs> and it's just like things like that bother me. <laughs> I really liked that there's a Japanese soldier named Wasabi. I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, like, like, uh. Yeah. Really, you know, 4,000. They get 4,000. They're gonna still pretend to, like, it's the 1700s, but <laughs> with space armor. You know, everything comes back around. <laughs> like the sh- 80s, uh, 80s hairstyles are coming back. So, right. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Alright. <laughs> um. Yeah, all right, whatever. It's it, yeah, we've read much worse. Yeah, and, and I, I I can totally see what you're saying though about it just like, kind like, of being eh, right? But like, I, I was never it. bored reading it, and, and I got frustrated a couple times. But the only times of that when it was about techno babble, right? Yeah, like, like that kind of thing just yeah crap out of me. and there was a couple times where they used like a piece of future slang it was like right. you know, shrag it or something like yeah, that yeah. yeah i never liked that but not a fan i i enjoyed it though and i thought there's something kind of odd about like the artwork was kind of precise in places like when they drew all the machinery and like the weird stuff mm-hmm. like like usually when you see that it's kind of like like in heavy metal magazine or profit or whatever everything's like real weird and loose and organic looking I thought it was kind of neat that everything was really like, you know, like legible and laid out. As, like you could tell they used like a lot of precise measurements on all the futuristic crap. And right. I don't know, like there's parts of it I thought were neat, but yeah, I'd, I'd say it's interesting more than it's awesome. Yeah, I'd say that's a, it's a pretty much sums up how I feel about it. It, right. it was, it was in a way fun to read this thing from 25 years ago or, or however long here, right. 22 years that, uh, you know, like I, I never got into when it was a thing, right. You know, and now looking back on it, you know, you know, from, from my point of view now and then seeing, you know, what I missed out on, right. you know, and like, you know, just in some ways trying to figure out why, why it did become like yeah. such a phenomenon. Right. Yeah. Well, this is their first Rye original was, character. Rye was their first original character, yeah, because Magnus was before this, but that was like a 60s character. And then Dr. Solar and then... Uh, Turok. Turok, yep. But um, maybe some of the other ones kind of... Like, I remember... 
I haven't read Harbinger in forever, like since the late nineties or mid nineties. But I, I remember that one being like one of the best written ones. Mm. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe some of them had more, you know, like interesting elements to them, but, right. but yeah, I mean, it was odd enough that I, I think I will read some more Valiant if I can find them cheap, like in quarter boxes. Right. I mean, yeah, like, uh, I always thought the characters were interesting. And like I said, the the one issue of Exo Man of War that I read was uh, interesting enough that like when they were making their comeback like two years ago, like like that's kind of also why I picked it up. Yeah. The concept is neat, you know. Basically, Conan the Barbarian gets Iron Man's suit. You know, it's like you know, wackiness ensues. I, you know, I would imagine like I only read the first two or three issues of Cherok, but I would imagine that would be the one that maybe me and you would enjoy because. Um, first of all, it starts out with Bart Sears doing all the artwork. I enjoy Bart Sears. And then, and then, uh, Tim Truman takes over and yeah. he's like writing it and drawing it for a while. Mm-hmm. And that guy's great. I mean, we've read some of his stuff. Right. Um, I feel like that one might be more up our alley. Probably. Yeah. Cause it's like a guy hunting these lost dinosaurs on earth and it's kind of like a weird Western feel. Right. But, uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, some of the rest of them are just kind of. I mean, like, Exo is obviously really similar to Iron Man. and right. you know. Well, it is, but it isn't. You know, yeah. Like I said, you know, it's, it's, it's got its own. It's got its own thing. Right. You know, like I said, it's Conan the Barbarian who finds a suit of, super-powered suit of armor. Right. You know, what's he going to do with it? He's going to kick some ass. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that's another thing. Like, uh, I'm not big on stories about, you know chosen ones and you know like, yeah. like uh you know oh this is uh, a lineage that has been passed down uh for through centuries that's right. not a thing that i've ever truly enjoyed either yeah. so uh, at least they made like his his father was kind of funny and good yeah. and, like, i, I enjoyed cool. like yeah the interaction between those two yeah um and but you know like i said uh you get to the zero issue that's in the the end of this trade and it kind of spoils it just yeah quite a few things and it's just like oh well then why would I bother reading the remainder issues it, of this book anyway and it really complicates things too oh yeah like it doesn't feel like like the first four issues you're just kind of grooving along and it's building yeah. and all of a sudden there's like forty new elements in issue <clears throat> zero and it's kind right. of it's almost off putting as far as like like even if you did if you did sort of still want to read five through eight, right. it's still it's almost kinda of like, whoa, whoa, like that's just like too much crap gonna happen. Right. And like you said, uh at the beginning, you know, it, it is more of a it's the origin of Rye and like, you know, how we get to the place where we're at, but then also it like shows us a little bit after. Uh but it also shows us the entire Valiant universe. Right. And like I'll admit, like it worked as an advertisement yeah you know for the rest of the valiant universe like like i read that and i was like oh well that could be neat yeah, yeah. arch mind checking some of that out. archer seemed a cool character archer armstrong the uh the uh, bloodshot even uh, yeah you know, and, uh yeah it all seemed you know yeah it definitely worked as an advertisement i think yeah. but i'm probably never going to pursue right any further but i don't blame you but it did work against the actual story. The own, <laughs> its own book. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was fun to look back at a, at a piece of history of, of comic yeah. the comic Yeah, it was, in, it was like the biggest thing in 92, for yep. sure. That that Which, wasn't X-Men or uh, Image. Yeah, I, yeah, but I mean, I'm, 
I'm sure it even overshadowed some of the X-Men stuff for a while. I mean, right. at least at least on the wizard charts and at the right, right. conventions and stuff like that. <clears throat> Maybe not. At this point in the X-Men, you know, Chris Claremont was gone and Jim Lee was already gone by that point. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was crazy. It was weird. Weird indeed. And then it all fell apart. Uh, the 90s. Yeah, and the comic book industry. It was uh, that was a fun time to work at a comic shop. <clears throat> yeah, uh, the, I imagine it was the year before Magic: The Gathering came out. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we we were even talking the other day that back in the early '90s uh, when Magic did come out, it was still it was such a different beast than, yeah. than what it is now. For sure, it was just like your dudes that played D and D going, "Oh, here's something different." Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just you know full of uh, assholes. Right. Dirty. <laughs> Dirty assholes. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they didn't have the tournament scene back then with right. the cash prizes that yeah. to make everybody all greedy and weird. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. There. Uh, see the break? Sure. Hey everybody, welcome back to Gutter Trash. <laughs> What's happening? Oh. What? <laughs> Nothing good. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Hmm. Um, may have mistakenly written something on my blog the other day that people might read, and uh, all, that's all I'm going to say about it. No. Uh, they should read it, is what I'm saying. I, I continually like your blog. You well, got some, you. you got some cool artwork on there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, oh yeah, you should never look at the arts on my blog because uh, that's generally terrible, especially uh, now. I got a new theme month. I do. I started a new theme month. Yeah. I'm desperately trying to prove that I'm not a racist. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm celebrating Black History Month. Yeah. Yeah. With the history of black heroes, black superheroes. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, this is day two. Hmm. And you're gonna do the all month. I'm gonna do all month, all twenty one, days. One per day. One per day. Did you find out? Is it a leap year? Uh, it is not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know you were worried about. You're like, I don't know if I can do twenty nine. <laughs> no, you didn't say that. No. Uh, but uh, we. Uh, I, I thought of the idea for our, uh, or for my theme month uh, while you were hanging out, and uh, we we came up with a list, and uh, some of that list was. Uh, Scraping the veritable bottom of the barrel, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's too bad that over the years you, there's not like even thirty like really super, super awesome. awesome right? right yeah. I mean, there's maybe like a good dozen awesome, uh, memorable black superheroes, right? But uh, yeah, after you after you do a dozen or so, you're like, well, this guy's black and he's right. a hero. But it, and, and I mean, there are some that I like that you know probably people aren't like, like Patriot. You know, yeah, like Patriot, and uh, you know. Um, uh, Mr. Terrific, I'm a big fan of yeah. that character, and uh, but you know, like like they're not like the most well known right. know, black superheroes. You can only have so many Luke Cages and Blades, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, one of them. Uh, spoiler. Uh, whenever I get to it, will be uh, Shadow Man, who yeah. we discussed. Yeah. yeah. I think the only the only black valiant character that I can think of. Um. Might have been somebody in hardcore. Maybe, yeah, maybe, but, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I vaguely remember like Jim Lee drew the first issue of that, right? Or at least the uh, cover. Did he do the whole issue? Or no, yeah. I'm sorry, just the cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I vaguely remember a black character. Yeah, yeah. Man, the fucking '90s were weird as far as comics go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, I've mentioned it already a couple times. The that whole Marvel book that I was listening to. Oh yeah. Um, you know, just like. How much money, like Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee made? Oh yeah, what was the number you gave me the other day that uh, uh, uh like Stephen Platt? Stephen Platt, when he was drawing the original version of Profit, uh, like like recently, Rob Liefeld came out and like said that he paid him like forty thousand dollars an issue to draw Profit. That's and and those were twenty two page comics. Yeah, it wasn't like you know it was like graphic novel size issues no yeah yeah that's crazy that is insane like i don't know how many he wound up doing but you know i know a bunch of them were late but that was sort of image I, and I, especially extreme studios mo i would draw two dozen issues of profit for forty thousand dollars i know you would <laughs> i bet you that whoever is currently drawing profit like all four artists that rotate on it are probably making forty thousand combined They're like and yeah right <laughs> It's that, right. know, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, I'm, I'm sure Brandon Graham probably gets a pretty decent paycheck out of it, but you know, the artists may not. I don't know. All right. But again, because there's like three of them working on it right. at once, so. that's that's just insane money, though. But like you know, 
Yeah, like like at the time. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, Rob Liefeld became a millionaire off Young or X Force number one, probably. And yeah, uh, and I think you know the, him and uh, Jim Lee were paid just insane amounts of money to do the Heroes Reborn. Right. Back in, what was that, 96, 97? 95, 96, yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, you know, yeah, like, like it's, it's mind-boggling. Well, I'm guessing, well, I, I said Liefeld made that money on X-Force. I'm guessing he got a cut, or? Oh, yeah, he, yeah. Because I know it was, like, no, he, yeah. the best-selling comic ever, you said? Yeah, he made a fortune on right. it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Him, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, they were all millionaires working for Marvel. That's insane. And then, you know, went off to form Image and became probably billionaire. billionaires. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure definitely McFarlane's a billionaire yeah. at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah, if he could afford to buy that McGuire ball, he had to be yeah. a billionaire. And, I mean, you know, I'm sure once Jim Lee sold out to DC, I'm sure he became kind of a close to being a billionaire right. himself. Yeah, it's uh, insane. Good for them. Sure, you know, yeah, they lived the dream. Did Sam Keith become a millionaire? I'm sure he made quite a bit of money, too. I, I hope mean. so, because looking back, like, I, I know you're a huge Eric Larson fan, and I oh, I, yeah. I totally respect Savage Dragon, right. but I was never that into it. Sure. But, like, looking back at all the, like, the stable of, of, of image stuff that came out the first year or so, right. like, the Max, to me, just stands out as being just, like, amazing. You oh, know? well, it was... Probably the one that actually was, you know, uh, like, like Savage Dragon is fun. It, it's, you know, just a big, bombastic Silver Age book with right. modern, you know, sensibilities. Yeah, yeah. Like, like out of like the original seven image books, it's probably the one that was the best written. Uh, but then the Max came along like in the second wave of image. And right. It was probably the best written out of all of image. Because, like, you know, Sam Keith, you know, definitely puts a lot of thought and, oh, yeah. and heart into what he does. Definitely. It wasn't just, uh, you know, I mean, again, no offense to any of the original Image guys, but, you know, I mean, he was definitely a lot more... He's an artiste. He, he's an artiste, yeah. And, and well, did Bill Loeb's help write it, or did he script it or something? Uh, yeah, I think he helped write, you know, like, for at least the first year or so. And he's yeah. known for being, I mean, he, he right, yeah. Wonder Woman for a long time. He's, yeah. he's good. Yeah. Journey, all that stuff. Epicurus the Sage, yeah. also uh, Sam Keith. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, but like even Such a good book. I think I've said this before too. Like uh, Larry Stroman and uh, I forget his partner's name, but uh, you know Tribe when that yeah. came out, like they made a million dollars on the first issue of that's, that book, and like you would never see that for more than a quarter now, like, right? Yeah. Nobody cares. No, yeah, and they shouldn't because it's terrible, right? Because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big Larry Stroman fan, and I right. bought that comic, and I was like, this is fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't think I ever read Tribe. And it had, like... You shouldn't have. It had probably the laziest image number one cover ever. Oh, yeah. It was just, like, a gold circle with the word Tribe in it or something. Yep. I was like, man, that's an awful cover. Yeah, it was well-designed. <laughs> it's a fine logo. Yeah, but, I mean, it's kind of boring for a comic book cover. Well, sure. It would be a nice, like, button to put a pin on your jacket or Although, whatever. you know, is it? Because I'm sure it stood out. Especially yeah. when you have, you know, a uh, hundred thousand other covers of uh, dudes with gritted teeth. And, that's true. You know, speed lines on covers with clutter and shit. So. Yeah, I'm just thinking of, like, sitting there holding it on my couch, you know. It's like, right. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's kind of boring looking. Yeah. 
But yeah, you're probably right. I know I am. <laughs> Still, one of the worst comics ever made. Yeah. It's fucking awful. Other than that amazing cover. <laughs> Other than that amazing cover. Did they only make like There's two or three? three. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, why am I still doing this? I'm a millionaire. I'm right. done. Yeah. Uh, well, like, I think it was like they did two issues through Image and they're, no, they did one issue through Image. <laughs> and then they started their own company. Cause, cause that was a thing that kept happening in wow. the 90s too. They're like, and, fuck uh, this company. I'm tired of working for it. Right. Yeah. I have worked for them for all month. And, uh, and then, yeah, they, they published, I think, maybe two issues of, uh, of it under their own imprint. Wow. And, and, of course, the trading card set that, when put together, was also a comic. Oh, see, that's cool. <laughs> I need to do that with my comic. <laughs> that would be a good idea. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, nice. I think even, maybe not Valiant, but Defiance did that. Oh yeah, with Would, Plasm. Yeah, Warriors of Plasm. Yeah, was that pre-Valiant or post? That was that was after. Okay. Yeah, because it was Jim Shooter and David Lapham did that one okay. too. Yeah. Together too. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Number Zero was a trading, trading cards. Card that's right. Because yep. we had the binder at Mavericks forever, like because the binder was like worth some money, right. and it was, and we were like, hey, we'll sell it cheap, <laughs> and nobody wanted it. We're like, it's worth all this money, and everybody's like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, wow, I, 90, I actually man. really liked the Warriors of Plasm. Really, like I, I read that and enjoyed it. Yeah, you know it's weird because like, yeah, you know, like David Laffam's art and and you know the Riot Number Zero was was really good, uh, and I liked it better than you know Joe Saint Pierre's art. But you know, like to me, nothing compares to what he does in Stray Bullets. Yeah, like like oh like, yeah, like. Like, honestly, like, I didn't pick up Stray Bullets at first because I just remembered him as being that valiant and <laughs> defiant right. guy. I didn't even, I mean, I wouldn't even have recognized, if his name wouldn't have been on this right. book, I wouldn't have recognized Number Zero of Rise right. being his art. But then eventually I did pick up Stray Bullets and it was like light years ahead. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, that was still in the early 90s when I was full on in yeah. Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld. And it's, well, it's probably like you said earlier, he was probably, a lot of those artists were being restrained uh, sure, creatively. Sure, yeah. Like, well, you know, pull, Reel it in a little bit. We want a house style. But, yeah. like, even Barry Windsor Smith, because he was doing Archer and Armstrong, and it wasn't as crazy as right. his detailed stuff that... Well, he also probably had to put it out on a deadline. <laughs> right, that's true, too. Uh, and he had to edit Rye, apparently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, damn it, I just said something. Oh, yeah, uh, speaking of David Laffam, uh, Street Bulls is coming back. Yeah, in March. Yeah. Pretty soon, a yeah, month, a yeah. month away. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, I, I think I I looked back. I do still actually have every issue, so I might actually start buying those. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't have every issue. I uh, I apparently thought it stopped at like issue twenty five because that's I think the last one that I have. Right. But I guess it went to like issue forty. Yeah. And uh, issue forty one is coming out in March, and that is going to end that series. And then uh, it's going to be a series of miniseries after that. Oh, is that what they're doing? Yeah. Okay. And so uh, both in March, uh, the last issue of Stray Bullets, Volume 1, and the first issue of Stray Bullets, Killers. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely buy number 41. Yeah. And see, you know, just to <coughs> close out my collection. And sure. Then, yeah. Maybe I'll check out the first part of the next one. Yeah. And uh, they're also releasing a hardcover of all the 41 issues. Ooh. And... 
like I kind of thought about buying it. Right. Like, like you know, with the my comic shop, you know, it was or my online thing. It was uh, forty bucks for all forty issues. Huh? That's pretty know, good. Or it was like no, it was actually like thirty six bucks. Uh, which which uh, you know, I mean, it's like yeah, yeah, I I do have like twenty five issues of it, but. It's less than a buck an issue. Right. And it, it is kind of hard to find the issues I'm missing. Right. So yeah. it's like, like you'd probably pay the same, you'd, yeah. you'd pay the same amount or more. Right. For the ones you need. That was already a, a very expensive month for me. Right. So yeah. I opted out. I actually popped in Mavericks and looked at the new comics because I had to go get my W2. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I kind of looked around to see <clears> if there was anything I wanted to read, but. I didn't. I didn't see anything brand new that I wanted to read. So. Like I looked to see. I wasn't sure if that Silver Surfer had started yet, but that yeah, starts in March as yeah, well. It's gonna be a good month. It's a big month. Mm-hmm. It is a very big month. Yeah. Like I said, most expensive month I've had in a while. Right. Yeah. It'll be mine too because I'll buy that three dollars stray bullets. That's right. And Silver Surfer. <laughs> and Silver Surfer. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, all new Ghost Rider is starting, and hey, fireworks because it's February second. <laughs> yeah. That's Groundhog Day. Let's fucking celebrate oh, yeah. with some goddamn fireworks. <laughs> Maybe they were blowing up groundhogs. <laughs> That's the kind of neighborhood you live in. It kind of is. Uh, I bet it's I bet it's Super Bowl related fireworks or Magic the Gathering. I guess oh, yeah. uh, yeah, there's a pre-release tonight. Yeah, yeah. I do live in front of a gaming shop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, what was I saying? Um, uh, we were just talking about comic bullshit. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's the Super Bowl, though. Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm yeah. not watching, are you? No, I I just found out yesterday who was playing. Um, I did watch the Puppy Bowl for the third year in a row this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was fucking adorable. I love it. Um, but, yeah, you're not, not, a, you're not a, I'm not going to watch it. No. No. It, it's on now. It's been on for like the oh, last two hours. Uh, yeah. You don't even, you, do you dig the commercials or you into that? I do, but you know, you were coming over and right. so you prevent me from uh, enjoying myself. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's what I do. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe you could watch them on YouTube next week while I'm at that comic convention. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you should totally go. I'll work on you all week. Yeah, that's fun. My, my other guy probably won't go anyway. He's kind of a flaker. Yeah, right. He well, flakes a lot. If he doesn't, then sure, count me in. Okay. But I also know that I'm not really going to have much money anyway. So. I, well, I'm going to try to limit myself to the quarter boxes. Right. If there are still such a thing. There are, right? I'm quarter sure boxes. there are. Like it's not it's not like dollar boxes now are the new quarter boxes. Uh, I mean, at Mavericks, yeah. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's some cheap boxes there. I'm sure there has to be. I hope so. Yeah, maybe I'll, uh, maybe if the hotel has Wi-Fi, I can access my uh, database of books I'm missing. Ah, I made a, a tangible list on a piece of notebook paper of all the Valiant comics <laughs> lead, leading up to, through Unity. Right. And then, and then, like, there's a couple of them that right after that looked kind of good, like the Tim Truman, right. uh, Turox and stuff. But, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did read uh, when Dark Horse relaunched uh, Dr. Solar. I think they put out a free comic book day this year. Oh, really? I read that. That was. That oh, was that's fun. right. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Uh, I did not read it. Yeah. And uh, a very long time ago, I had a uh, a comic uh, from, uh, I think, Warren Publishing. They, they put out the Porky Pig comics Ooh. when I was like uh, a very, very young kid in the early 80s. 
And I uh, remember there being a, uh, an ad for uh, Dr. Solar. Wow. Uh, and that from uh, whatever yeah. published it back then. That was something I meant to mention. Like, uh, Valiant did uh, comics before the Valiant universe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Mario Brothers and, like, all these weird cartoon comics. Sonic. Sonic, yeah. yeah. It was a lot of video game-related stuff, I yeah. guess. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah. So I think uh, Joe Casada worked on the Sonic comic. Really? Yeah. I know in a bizarre like comic book collectorian thing, um, when Valiant when the Valiant universe took off, like people were buying up like even the Mario Brothers comics right, because right. they had the Valiant logo on them. Yeah. And like those shot up in price a little bit. I mean it was just that's how fucking crazy it was. I remember there being uh an issue of Superman that uh like skyrocketed as a back issue because it was the first one where uh for a while like all the superman books were like interconnected so like right. you know from like week to week you would have to like you know like the storyline would begin in like adventures of superman continue into superman and then finish in man of steel right yeah you know? and so what they would do is they would uh you know delineate it by they had like a little triangle in the corner which had a number <laughs> and uh so like you know while it was like Issue 538 of Adventure and, you know, 68 of Superman and, you know, 19 of Man of Steel. Like, the little triangle would be, like, one, two, three. Right. And so the very first one that had the triangle, like, became, like, a $50 book. <laughs> because that had a number one in the corner? Yep. Well, because <sighs> it was the first one with the triangle. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that's 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 what it was like in the 90s. People were, were just fucking crazy with yep. their comic collecting. And they had tons of money apparently where there were just tons of people with a little bit of money but right. yeah there's there's a lot of weird things happening in the 90s <laughs> it's crazy comics speaking of comics Ooh. i went to a comic convention yesterday that's right you did yeah sort of sort of it was a uh not necessarily a comic convention it was an independent creators expo right ice ice baby the, <laughs> the very first the very first one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, in the same little, in, in the artist alley section that, uh, you know, the same building where they have Jim CityCon, right. the actual big show here in Dayton. Um, but yeah, it was, it was tiny. It was kind of like a fourth of the size of space, kind of. Okay. Um, so it was just like three or four rows of, uh, small press people. Right. And it wasn't all comics. Like you said, there were some musicians and, Local filmmakers. Right. Our friend Baron von Porkchop was there. Yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of neat. Yeah. I sold, sold enough books that I paid for the table and lunch, <laughs> but that was about it. Yeah. You know, um, uh, met some cool people. Um, I feel like there was something I was, I was like saving to tell you because I kind of right. mentioned the show to you last night, but, uh, yeah. Something about meeting people. Yeah. Like you met somebody that you were not going to tell me about. Um, well, shit, I met one guy I, I where I'd actually met him at Mavericks. He used to shop there when I worked there. And uh, apparently he's been making many comics since the late 70s. Oh. He's, he's like in his like probably late 50s or something. And uh, it was kind of cool. I bought, that was the only thing I bought at the show. I spent a dollar and I got three of his mini comics because they were like tiny, you know. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> they're like half the size of a mini comic, kind okay, of, but yeah. and they're only like four pages. But one of them, like he gave me, because I bought two of them, they're fifty cents each, and he gave me an extra one, and it had like it had a, a short story by Jim Valentino in it. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. 
Nice. So I guess he had submitted something because I don't know because yeah, like I said, this guy's been doing books since the late seventies. So. Sweet. So that was pretty neat. It's almost as cool as a Dave Sim drawn an issue of uh, Lost. Kids. Right. Yeah. Um, I did a like I I sold like I, I had my new comic that you helped me on uh, Witchcraft: The Conjuring. Well, I worked very hard on it. <laughs> Harder than me, probably. <laughs> And, uh, the cool thing, I did sell a few copies of that, and, uh, and, like, the cool part was, like, by the end of the show, one of the guys that bought one early on came back and said he read it, and he thought it was awesome. Nice. Which, that hardly ever happens. Right. So, so that was really cool. And it wasn't somebody I'd ever met or anything, so, so that was really neat. Um, what else? Oh, I saw, uh, a, a guy that contributed, contributed to, uh... Delinquency of a minor? <laughs> Yeah, well, I saw a lot of that. Um, no, I, he did a, a Buyer Beware Comics published one of his comics, one of our early comics. Adam Eckley, I don't know if you remember him. Uh-huh. He's good friends of Pat. He was yeah. there. He, he's uh, been at a drawing night. Yeah, yeah. I know. He had like a dozen uh, prints for sale. That's, right. that's what he was selling. So. Yeah, I know that because uh, he and I are... Uh, Facebook friends, yeah, yeah. and by that I mean he is on Facebook and I am on Facebook. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> just like I would, if I was on Facebook, I would be able to claim I was friends with Mike Patton. Exactly, you know? right, yeah. <laughs> Because that would be the very first person I would friend. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I should look to see if Mike Patton's even <laughs> on Facebook. He is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, I occasionally look to see uh, if he's got anything new coming out because yeah. I just, I look at his Facebook page, <laughs> even though I'm not on Facebook. Right, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was a good show. I can't remember, I can't remember what it was I was going to tell you, but if it pops in there, I'll, I'll mention it. But right. it was a good show. It was yeah. fun. It didn't make a lot of money, but I had, I had a lot of fun. So, well, you know, I mean, uh, notice that there wasn't a ton of promotion for the show anyway. So, right. Yeah. But yeah, hey, this is also the first year. So. Yeah. Yeah. The very first one. Like, I mean, I remember going to one of the first space, you know, shows and it was, you know, just small and oh, yeah. not a ton of people there, but. And now it's big and there's not a lot of people there. So oh, yeah. yeah, they've really done a lot with it. No, <laughs> no, space is really cool. I, I love, and but yeah, Bob Corby, the guy that puts on space, had a table. There, yeah. yeah, so it was cool. Some of the local legends were there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool beans. Good times. Um, yeah, that was my, that was my fun weekend. Sweet. Puppy Bowl and uh, <laughs> comic show. Yeah, I uh, I recorded a podcast yesterday. Recording a podcast right now. That's <laughs> uh, been my weekend. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's been fun. Mm-hmm. That's mm. it. That's, yeah. that's all I got going okay. on. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, because I'm not going to get into the other <laughs> stuff I got going on. Yeah. Well, uh, I could I could just pick a movie if you want. I enjoy movies. Okay, I. You know, occasionally there's a movie that comes out, and while it's still in the theater, I feel really tempted to go see it because it's something I'm excited about. But I hate going to the theater. Right. Um. So what's I, happening right now? No, I, cause, cause I, I I may have to veto just on a financial basis if I, this is going where I think it's going. I arranged a free private showing of a movie. A brand new movie. So it can be just me and you in the theater for free. All right. I pulled some strings. Okay. Um, so we can go see the new Spike Jones movie, Her. 
Excellent. Yeah? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Fantastic. I, I don't know how you pulled this off, but... Uh, I know a guy. Right? Because I... It's weird. I kind of desperately want to see that movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. So, anti-veto. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That will, that will be our thing. Awesome. I'm super looking forward to that. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. I hope it doesn't fall through then. I, I hope not either. <laughs> uh, keep me informed. All right. For sure. For sure. And I can't remember what I was going to tell you. I'm sure I'll remember later. Uh, you know, uh, 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 speaking of uh, Joaquin Phoenix movies, uh, mm-hmm. there was some, some bad news today. I heard about that. Philip, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman died. Yeah, the guy from Twister. Yeah. Yeah, from Twister. Yeah, uh, that sucks. Where he is best known from. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was Dusty and Twister. That's yeah, a bummer. That is yeah. a real bummer. I fucking love that guy. Yeah. Like, like he's he's one of those guys that, like, if I if I saw a movie the, at the library, like a DVD of it, like, I don't know about this movie. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Okay, I'll get it. Right. You know, he'd be, like, a good deciding factor. Right. Because, yeah, even in bad movies, he's pretty great in them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a bummer. Yeah. Drugs, I guess probably. That's, that's uh, the rumor right now. Right. But, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's kind of bullshit, but uh, yeah. you know, don't uh, do drugs, kids. Don't, yeah, don't do drugs. I mean, other than marijuana, because right. apparently that's never killed anybody. As far as, yeah. as far as I know, I've never heard of it. Yeah. So. so yeah, uh, Man, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, uh, I hope you know I mean, there there was at least one more movie in the can somewhere that that he had done but uh i, I heard he was supposed to be working on a kind of dark comedy tv show called happyish okay and and it sounded pretty good i mean it was just like you know about a guy who's happyish right right and i was like ah oh, that's too bad like yeah. they never get to film that i guess well maybe somebody else will take over but, but probably no one near as awesome as philip seymour hoffman probably not yeah what's your favorite uh philip seymour hoffman uh, really movie? <laughs> really yeah twister okay uh, uh well, what's your real favorite uh, uh, I, it really is it really is <laughs> I, I don't know like i really love him and uh big lebowski as brad right um and i and i i really enjoyed the master when we watched that yeah um but yeah twister is definitely my favorite movie he was in right yeah <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I know you do. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, he's he's also clearly not the star of that movie. No, no, yeah. So. I, there was a movie called, there was a movie like him and his sister were like taking care of their like uh, dying parents. Or yeah, like that. yeah. That was really good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen most of his stuff. I haven't seen quite a ton of it either, but. Uh, never saw Capote, did you see that? No, I never saw that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen movies that he was great in that I kind of hated, like, uh, Connecticut, uh, New York. Right. And, um, ah, man, I can't remember the name of this one, but, uh, uh, Tomei was in it as well. Uh, oh, When the Devil Knows You're Dead. Before, yeah, before the, the movie. Yeah, that movie was awful, but, uh, he was great. In it. I never saw it, but I, I remember when it was on Neon, I almost went. Yeah. Uh, but I think my favorite is actually Punch Drunk Love. I forgot he was in that. Yeah. I think he's great in that. Yeah. 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 He was really good in uh, Boogie Nights, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Super great in that. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a bummer. It's a super bummer. He, he probably had a good dozen or two dozen more movies in him. Yeah. So that, that fucking sucks. Yep. 
All right. <clears throat> so, sorry to end on a downer. But, but that's, uh, that's, that's, that's what happens life. sometimes. Yeah, uh, keep everything down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we'll go watch the Super Bowl commercials. Uh, yeah, this sure. Day. Why not? All right. <laughs> so her. Her. Looking, looking forward to it. Yeah, me day. too. All right. Uh, goodbye. Hang, yeah, hang, hang up. We're done, people. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information, links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>